to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who I thought was going to be the next Billy Bean, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how's it going tonight? Richard, I'm doing uh, I'm doing well. Don't know if I can say the exact same about our baseball team, but uh, I'm doing really well. How are uh, you doing? You know, you think it's all right over there on a Edgar Martinez drive? I I just what I saw in the last three games is it's not it. It's not it. Yeah, I, uh, I I I hope it is. I hope there's I hope things are going well there. There's some plans to make them think about going better. So that's all I'll say is that. Um, Hopefully there's some plans in the work to make things better and we'll see how the Cardinal series goes. But I think the two biggest things to come out of the, uh, the last three game series was one, the home run trident. It's beautiful. I love it. I want one. I want to put it on my wall. Uh, number two, the tops now card that came out with Julio and the trident. It's beautiful. Oh yeah. We already are in talks to buy maybe multiple of those cards, but I digress. I digress. <laughs> um, no, it was just mirrored. The Trident looked like it was, it didn't look like it. I, I guess that you can say it was like Photoshopped. It just, it looked like it was not, it was just looked super weird. Like it was cool, but it like, it looked like it was somebody was like a, like a CGI, like cool. Like, I don't know. It just it, looked super odd. That's did. all I got to say. It did. I, you know what? I might be biased here. I still think it's the best home run prop in the league. It's certainly better than Toronto's whatever jacket they wear, the suit jacket, or the stupid samurai helmet that the Angels pull out. You know, maybe I'm a little biased towards that one too. You know. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I agree. No, it's good. I just, uh, I hope the good times keep, well, I guess I I think it's it means more when the team's playing really well, right? So hopefully uh, we can uh, pull that trident out with some victories this weekend. I hope but, so, too. Yeah. I hope so, Anyways. too. Before we get into this week's episode, I want to thank everyone again for coming back and listening to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. All our returning listeners, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hey, you're only on episode 29. Go back and listen to the other 28 and um, you know have some fun with us. Go, go see Bo and I's progress as... Uh, I feel like we've gotten better and better over time, um, you know, and, and again, thank you for choosing us and hopefully you stick with us. Um, if you haven't already go hit like, and subscribe uh, on our, po- your podcast listening app, you'll get notified about new episodes dropping. We're dropping one on Tuesday. We're dropping one on Friday. Now we got two episodes a week. We're going bi-weekly. Um, so, you know, go ahead and hit like and subscribe. Maybe hit um, five stars for us. It'll get us a little more visibility. That, of course, is not for our ego because, you know, we're just having fun doing it. But um, we love to uh, get the podcast out to some more people. And then if you haven't already also, um, go to our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram. Just search Forkstown Podcast. You'll find us. Um, you know, I'm talking about my bias a lot. I think this week's post for uh, Tuesday's episode uh, was a great post. You can probably guess who, who posted that this week, but, um, you know, go hit those up and, uh, hit like on those and, uh, 
come talk some baseball with us. So, anyways, Bo, did you see this week's uh, Facebook post? Uh, I think okay. I did. Yes. I I, yes. I feel like I targeted it right at you. You like beer, baseball, and Jared Kelnick, four hundred and eighty foot moonshots. That, what else do you need? Maybe some Borderlands, but you know. <laughs> um, you know, this being uh one of our short episodes, there's no Mariners notes um outside of Tommy Malone passing waivers um and going back to Tacoma. Bo, are you excited that he he went back? You know, especially after that fine outing he had um replacing Marco as Marco was off for paternity leave. Yeah, I love I love myself some Tommy Malone, man. Uh, I feel like the guy just works with guys when they get to AAA. Um, works with the pitchers down there. Um, I actually kind of hope that just given the pitching staff that we have in Arkansas, that hopefully some of those guys will end up in Tacoma and maybe they can you know meet meet and work with Tommy Malone and that'd be really nice. I know that the Mariners don't really use Tacoma as like a kind of final end point for pitchers, but that'd be kind of cool. But uh, no, love some Tommy Malone. Um, you know, he'll probably get a couple more spot starts maybe throughout the season. So um, uh, like the guy. Yep. Uh, Bo, do you think he, uh, you know, could possibly be a coach for us later on in the future? Like, you know, I'm sure he's not thinking about hanging it up yet. And, you know, it, it's not out of the realm for him to bounce around to a few more teams. But, um, you know, we picked up, Steven Voke last year. Um, he's our bullpen catcher. He was last year was his final season comes in and now he's a coach. I mean, couldn't we see Tommy Malone, you know, after he hangs up, decided to uh, uh, be a coach and be in the Mariner system. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Like, I mean, uh, like I said, right. The Mariners have kind of uh, carved this little path for them with pitching in the minor leagues and, uh, you know, if Tommy Malone ends up being a part of that in some way, shape or form, that'd be great. Right. Um, but, uh, he seems to like it here. He seems to like, uh, you know, this kind of rotation that he has of kind of going back and forth between Seattle and Tacoma. So, um, yeah, I say, why not? If he wants to do it, let's, uh, let's yeah, bring him on. That's, yep. a, that's a pretty easy travel schedule. If you need to come up and spot start, you know, travel a, a few miles down the, was it? I five. Down the, down the, down the, four down the 405. See, mixing up my uh, major highways through Seattle. So, <laughs> um, yeah, really not any other Mariners notes, um, which is probably a good thing because this uh, Mariners and Brewer series was uh, not the best for the Mariners. Um, let's start Mon- Monday, Bo. Uh, Corbin Burns, Chris Flexen. We knew that the Mariners were going to be in for a tough ride because uh you know regardless of what Corbin Burns' stats were for this season so far um he's always a tough outing one of the best pitchers in the NL and um you know although we chased him early um well I don't think we chased him early I think he had something going on uh we just weren't able to come through yeah um you kind of just had a feeling that maybe the Monday game was not going to go. I think given the, given the weekend series, just how well we swept the Rockies that, um, yeah, maybe a little imbalance there that you kind of thought that maybe the game on Monday was going to go, um, 
maybe not as you wanted it to. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, you know, Corbin Burns was still pretty good that game. Nine swing and misses. Um, and he did. Yeah, he was chased a little bit. It seemed like he had. Was it, was it, was it a chest issue or something like that? Or yeah, breath he, or um, it was the pitch he threw. It got hit to center. And then um, as he came up um, out of, you know, out of throwing the pitch, he was waving at the dugout to come out like he knew something was wrong. Right. And then I think someone I think it was one of the announcers said, it looks like he's saying he can't catch his breath. You know, was was kind of reading lips there. Yeah. Which, um, yeah. You know, hopefully it wasn't something serious. You know, it could be a, a pulled muscle or something, but um, you know, hopefully it wasn't anything serious. We didn't hear it was anything serious, um, but. But he's certainly right. one of the pitchers that aren't on the Mariners that I, I like to see. So, you know, I uh, I don't want him to go down quite yet. Plus, I know both of us in, you know, a couple of our leagues have uh, Corbin Burns on them. And that would be a big blow to our fantasy teams. Right, right. Of, of the utmost importance. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I uh, – yeah, I mean, uh, Corbin Burns still came out and pitched pretty well. I thought that we did – I mean, we did relatively well against Corbin Burns, mm-hmm. though. Like, Julio had a nice home run. Um, Ty France had a double. Uh, I think, as you noted before we hopped on, that I think popped him up to the AL. The title, the title uh, not, the AL not on that one, technically. Technically, it was the one on Wednesday. Oh, but, right. yes, he is tied for the AL lead with nine doubles now. Gotcha, gotcha. Yes, I mean, um, <clears throat> I did think that we were getting to him, so I think that was a positive mm-hmm. sign. Um, I think it's, I think on the, maybe the negative side of that, um, was just Chris Flexen still kind of just getting hitting around. Right. Um, I thought he, he, he only walked one in this game. Um, still had a couple swings and misses there, but, uh, yeah, just getting hit around, um, like we've seen before. And then, um, yeah, I think the Ped Murphy came in and gave up a couple runs. Um, so I think the bullpen still has a couple, the bullpen's just kind of been, I want to say this has kind of been like, a, I don't want to say like an average bullpen thus far. Like this is kind of, I don't know, maybe what you expect from like, a, I don't know. I will say an average bullpen, I guess like your, your middle of the road bullpen. That's kind of feel like what we're getting at this point, mm-hmm. which is just, it's different than what we've had the last two years thus far. And I'm not saying we couldn't turn it around this, like we have a couple of good right spots with Gabe Spire and who knows once he gets back, but um. Other than that, um, I don't know. It was kind of a, it's kind of a, I wasn't super upset by the game on Monday. I was kind of expected it, kind of anticipated that maybe we would have a little bounce back from whatever that we had over the weekend. And um, yeah, what were your thoughts on the Monday uh, game? I just, you know, I was kind of not surprised either. You know, you know, you said uh, they just came off a sweep. They could come down back to earth. I just didn't think it was going to look didn't look terrible, but it didn't look great. Um, runners in scoring position, the team hit 0 for 3. That's not good. We only left three on, which means we didn't get a lot of base runners on. Um, you know, and some, some quick stats here. France had his eighth double. Uh, Cal went 1 for 3, had a home run, a solo home run. Uh, one run, one RBI, one base on ball, 1K. He did leave one on. Um j-rod had his third home run um and then france cal and j-rod each had an rbi um they're all in double digits now france has 12 well as of this monday game france has 12 cal has 10 j-rod has 10 
I'm pretty sure Gino leads the team still. I think he's got 13 or 14. Um, but it, it is kind of nice to see a bunch of guys have double-digit um, RBI totals as, you know, we're only a couple weeks into the season. Um, you know, we, we mentioned him a lot on the last po- podcast, but uh, Kelnick went 0 for 4, didn't strike out, didn't have a base on balls, left two on base. Um, you know, no production. Every one of our top five hitters had at least one hit. Uh, the bottom four, Kel- Kelnick went 0 for 4, Hummel went 0 for 3, Wong went 0 for 3, Crawford went 0 for 2, and he's the only one of them to get on base because he had a base on balls, which I feel like he's drawing a lot of right now, um, which is good to see, but still mm-hmm. no production at the bottom of the lineup, and, and that really hurts. And I, I mean, you could tell by the runners in scoring position, um, going over three, the left on base only three. We just didn't get a lot off, you know. So Monday was kind of it was kind of back to earth, to earth a little bit. Um, Flexen didn't have a good start. Murphy didn't have a good start. Spire pitched uh, uh, third of an inning, got out of a jam uh, for us, which is nice. And uh, yeah, I mean that's really it. Diego came in, uh, basically got a hit or someone got a hit, walked the bases loaded, and then he was able to get out of it. And then uh, Darren, I can't say his last name, Darren McCotton, McNaughton, McNaughton, something like that. Um, You know, just up from uh, Tacoma that game, went one inning, had one, gave up one hit, one run, had a base on balls, had one K. So, um, yeah, game time was only 243, you know, so uh, very, very quick game it felt like. Um, yeah, just, it was just rough, but it was kind of to be expected with Burns on the mound. Now, as we progressed throughout the series going into Tuesday and Wednesday, they were completely winnable games. You know, Tuesday, mm. let's, uh, let's bounce over to Tuesday. Extra inning games, Bo, but, uh, we just couldn't pull out the W. Couldn't pull out the W, um... Uh, I feel like when the Tuesday's game is just a frustrating way to lose a baseball game with um, I mean, going into extras and then you get the, you get the bonus runner on second base. I call it the Manfred runner. Um, and um, you know, even though, you know, we got, I think in that game we came back, we, you know, we scored the extra run in the 10th and then we you know, lost it again in the 11th and we didn't, we couldn't score another run in the 11th and kind of leaving. I think Julio ended the game on that one. Um, and Julio had a big spot and um, just couldn't quite come through there. And it's, I don't want to say it's frustrating because he's has a good, he's had a good season thus far. Like he's been, maybe he hasn't been as uh, to our to maybe what we expected thus far but he's been a, he's been decent so far it's just you kind of want your your best players to come up in the situations that like those at the end of the game and we just didn't get it mm-hmm. right um i think a lot of people have noted yourself included it still looks like julio's pressing a little bit or he's you know still trying to put everything out of the ballpark mm-hmm. and i i think that's just going to come with i think that's just going to come with the package that is julio right now and his age and everything else so I think that's just the way it's going to be. Um, but uh, yeah, it was just a frustrating way to lose the game. Just that we had the beginning in the third that day. Um, Logan Gilbert. Um, I thought Logan Gilbert pitched 
I, I thought Logan Gilbert should okay. Um, he didn't walk anybody. He did strike out eight. Um, I feel it does seem like he's probably still leaving balls a little bit over the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd mentioned that he's probably, it, sound, it looks like from what baseball savant tells us, it just seems like he's not getting as much spin on his fastball right now as he used to. So it just looks like his balls are just not the movement on them is not what they used to be right now anyways. Right. So like, that's something to kind of watch as we're going forward of just like, you know, is Logan Gilbert's, I guess, movement is the spin rates the same as they were kind of earlier in the season. Are they going to revert back to what we saw last year? Because there very well might be more outings like this one. If you know, the spin rate kind of trends down in the way that we've seen it thus far, I hope not, but, um, We'll see. Just something to keep an eye on with Logan Gilbert. Still think it's encouraging that he yeah. didn't walk in. Final line for um, Gilbert, you know, on Tuesday was six innings pitch, five hits, four runs all earned, eight Ks, but he did give up the two home runs. You know, when when you don't get yeah. as much spin on that fastball, hitters see the fastball better. They're gonna they're gonna put it out of the ballpark. Um, you know, out of, outside of Gilbert, I mean, uh, Gott and Topa. Um, gave up a couple runs, but you can't really count those runs. I mean, they did cross the plate, but they don't go against the earned run average because they're Manford runners. They're put on, you know, and I thought, I thought mm-hmm. Brash, Spire, and Seawald all came in and did a good job. Um, you know, we, we kind of saw the Jekyll and Hyde that is Matt Brash this weekend um, because he went one inning in Tuesday's game, yeah. uh, didn't have a base on ball, but he struck out two. We'll talk about Wednesday's game because we kind of saw the other side there. Um, Spire came in and looked good, gave up one hit, had one K, but got out of the inning. Seawald, again, I, I'm pointing out Seawald is striking out a bunch of people. Seawald had one inning in the ninth, struck out two people. You know, he's kind of turning it around, at least for now. Let's knock on wood because, you know, I've, I've got a really good uh, reputation of jinxing people. Um, but, you know, <laughs> Seawald is definitely kind of turning around and then got and, and Topa. Topa took the loss, but. You know, didn't give up an earned run. Uh, he did walk two, uh, K'd one, got, gave up a run in the 10th, K'd one. Um, mm-hmm. I, and again, it was just another, it was another, we were getting people on base at least on Tuesday, but it was another game where we're getting these people on base and we're not scoring them. Uh, team runners in scoring position average, two for 10. We batted 200. We left 10 on base, and again, we're getting no production this time outside of the top four players in our lineup. J-Rod went two for six, had a run, left four on base. Ty, one for four, one run, one 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 run, one RBI. Gino, one for four, one run, had a K. Cal, two for five, one run, two RBIs, one K. But then this is kind of where it abatross is here. Tio, 0 for four. Kelnick, 0 for three. Kelnick did get on base twice with two base on balls. So I'll give him that. Uh, Lestella started the game. He did go one for one and had an RBI. But Hummel came in to pitch hit for him when they switched pitchers. He went 0 for 2. Uh, did have a walk, though. Caballero, I think Caballero had the best moment of the game because it was his first start. He did go 0 for 4. But um, in the 11th inning, they brought in Devin Williams, and he had a walk. And I, mm. I laughed my butt off when he took the walk and he kind of put everything down like he had done something. It was, it was just good to see. Yep. And, and he kind of comes around the, on Wednesday and you know gets his first major league hit and stuff. 
Uh, Wong, you know, again, 0 for 4. Did have a run, uh, 3Ks, one left on. Um, you know, uh, I had you pull it up earlier. Homo grounded into double play. Uh, I feel like every time we get a runner on first, we're like, okay, we can we can get it going. We can start it. And we ground into a double play. And it's not really one person's fault. I think he said Hummel grounded into mm-hmm. two double plays over the course of the season so far. But you also noted France had a grounded into a double play. Um, Julio had one. JP had one. Gino had one. Like, we're seeing all these players just, you know, we're getting someone on first. We could start a big inning. And it kind of lets the air out of the whole inning because we ground into a double play. You know, so that kind of was my biggest takeaway on Tuesday was, you know, we're just we're getting people on base. We're not scoring them, and that's not going to win us ball games. You know, um, two of our was it yep. two of our five runs came on sack flies. So, yeah, yep, and uh, I just uh, I mean it's been well noted. The bottom of the order has been a challenge, and. You know, Tommy Ostella got a hit in that game. Um, but if I look it up, I think it was it's a pretty I think it was a bloop single to I think left mm-hmm. at that point. Seventy two miles up seventy two miles per hour off the bat. Like that hit's not a good predictor that Tommy Lestella's, you know, kinda catching fire here. I guess yeah. that's all I'm saying. And you know, I think we, we replaced him with Cooper Hummel in this game and you can really say right now with those two, like, what are we even, what are we getting? Right. Like, what are we, what are we, what are we getting Rick? What am I, what am I missing? What am I, what are we getting with either of those guys in the DH spot right now? Because I feel like we are, I feel like um, we're getting zero and um, it's easy to point fingers about, yes, we should have gone out and got a DH this off season, or we should have done something else to get somebody, or maybe we should go out and get somebody now or, something like that. But, um, it's just, uh, it's frustrating to see because I, I, I think almost, it seemed like almost everybody was saying is that Tommy Listella was just not going to be this guy. And we kind of felt that way. And, um, we're kind of seeing it right before our eyes. Cooper Hummel, maybe we had more home open promise to, and Cooper Hummel's maybe the opposite side of what's happening with Jared Kelnick in terms of like Cooper Hummel had a decent spring. And now we're kind of seeing the opposite side of like, now that spring is certainly not carried over. Um, and like, what, where do we go from here? I guess that's what I'm saying. Like I thought today we're, we're recording on Thursday. Um, I don't know if I've seen any transactions or anything come through, but like I anticipated maybe something or maybe some little shakeup today to happen. Nothing happened. Nothing's yeah. really come through. So like, we're, we're just gonna, I guess we're just gonna, we're just gonna write it out till Dylan Moore gets here. I feel like that's the strategy yeah, right yeah. now. Um, <clears throat> let's move on to Wednesday's game. Um, you know, as as we noted, maybe we haven't noted earlier, uh, Milwaukee did get the sweep. Um, uh, this one, I think, hurt more than the than the um, extra innings loss, just because we had a, a a very good situation in the ninth, and we just couldn't uh, bring the runners around. Um, I mean, what? What's going to happen when we get into these big situations and we we don't hit this year? <laughs> like, I mean, I don't want to panic yeah. because we have 
at least in the last couple of years, have historically started slow in April, you know. Um, and and I know you hate it. It's still early. But, you know, at what point do we hit the panic button? Because this, the, this game and Tuesday's game were completely winnable. They were winnable games. We had runners on at the end of the game. We just couldn't bring them in, you know. When do we hit the panic button if, if you know, this stuff keeps happening? So, I mean, I, I've, I've said, I've always said like mid-May is like when I've, when I feel like I've got enough data to make a reasonable guess about what a team's going to be the rest of the year, right? It's still, you know, still, still even early in May. Um, but, um, so that's probably when I will actually start to, to quote unquote panic, right? Or I'll, you know, maybe get more nervous around then. Um, maybe that's more so maybe you're maybe a little different than I am, but like there are some things that are coming up right now that um, <clears throat> maybe are a little concerning, right? The fact that Eric Lauer was a pitcher that um, is not like you go to Eric Lauer's baseball savant page and it's all blue, right? Eric Lauer was a pitcher that we probably should have taken a better advantage of on the Wednesday game, um, Marco Gonzalez pitched his heart out on Wednesday. Um, Marco Gonzalez is starting to, I know he's looking like the Marco of old in some places, right? He's looking less of like a five starter and more like a, I don't know, almost a three or four starter at this point, like, um, dominant performance by him. And, um, and it just, uh, I know relief pitchers, I know relief pitchers get put in tough situations. Um, and I know relief pitchers are, you know, like they're thrown into games when bases loaded situations and they're asked to like make make sure nobody scores. And like, I know that that's a lot to ask of them. Um, but I think this game was evident that we need Andres Munoz back mm-hmm. pretty soon, right? Like we need Munoz back as fast as we can because like Matt Brash is a uh, Matt Brash in terms of strikeouts is striking people out like crazy. But um, in terms of lockdown starter, the lockdown relief pitchers, guys didn't come in and get the big out for you. It seems like Matt Brash isn't isn't the guy for it right mm-hmm. now, right? Um, and we need Munoz back. I think once we get him back, I'll probably feel a little bit about the team. But right now, with some of the bullpen struggles that I think we've had, and yes, there's been some bright spots mm-hmm. as well, coupled with the offense looking a little sluggish at times. Um, yeah, there's some things that are a little concerning right now, but still, you know, not not overly concerned. The offense has never looked like overly great, right? Like this, I, I think people are commenting on like the offense has not been as great, like as like has looked a little concerning, but like this is kind of, it was also concerning last year, right? Like we've had these, we've, this has happened with the Mariners offense before. So like, I don't really feel like anything's changed there. I feel like maybe with the bullpen not being as sharp, right? That's still mm-hmm. a little bit of a change, right? That's kind of where my mind goes to right yeah. now. So I don't know. What are you, when are you, what is your point of getting to like a panic mode, right? Like what, a, and I, and I, I hate to say panic because I feel like that's an overreaction, but like what point do you start to think that maybe, you know, we should start to make some changes or, um, you know, maybe try to something, try something else, I guess. What's your, what's your point there that you would try to size this, try to size this, try to do something else. Uh, <clears throat> you know, I think mid-May is a good one. I'd even kind of say the start of May, let, let's knock out the first month of the season and see where we're at. Um, I think it's going to be pretty evident that the Mariners aren't going to be where they want to be in April. So I guess mid-May would be about right. You know, give them until mid-May. My only worry is if we get to mid-May, um, I know we've got a bunch of months after that, but 
Um, are we too far too gone? You know, if 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 we get to mid-May and we're seven, eight, nine games under five hundred, you know, I that's a pretty big deficit to come back from, and it certainly is possible. We've seen teams do it. We've seen the Mariners do it. Battle back in '95 and and come and you know end up in the playoffs. So um, you know, mid-May is a pretty good one. Do you remember what I texted you um, during? this game in particular about Marco. You you said Marco was dealing, but I said something specific to you. There might have been some expletives so you can take those out, but um uh, uh yeah you you go ahead. I gotta hear you, but yeah, I've got to hear, but you go ahead. You'll do a better justice I, than I can. Yeah. I feel like Marco is hearing all this criticism from fans, from the media, from everyone, and he's just He's going to Scott and saying, hold my beer and watch this. You know, he's he's coming out. He had nine Ks. His final line was six innings pitch, four hits. He did have two runs that were earned, but he only had one base on ball, nine Ks. He was painting corners. This was Marco of old. Painting corners, not leaving balls over the plate. Very tough to hit, you know, and, and mm-hmm. it was great to see. I I will be the first to say I, I gave him some flack. Thought he maybe should have been traded this offseason. I'm I'm so glad to eat my words in that. And maybe, maybe just maybe him having his kid born maybe had a little bit to do of, do with it. You know, he's got to step away from the team, got to watch his kid, get, you know, be born. Now he's coming back. He's rejuvenated. You know, he, he wants to come out and be a part of this rotation. And I think he probably has a chip on his shoulder from being left off the the playoff roster last year. Like that's got to hurt for someone that has given a few years to this team in good and bad. And then, you know, they're finally good. And, you know, he's left off the roster against, you know, Toronto and Houston. So that's, that's got to hurt a little bit, but um, I, you know, there's nothing else to say about brash, you know, uh, Jekyll and Hyde situation. This, this uh, series, we just got the Hyde version uh, on Wednesday, gave up three runs, th- all earned, 1K. And then Trevor Gott and Taylor Sacedo came in um, between both of them, only gave up one hit, had two strikeouts and two innings. Um, we did a little bit better with runners in scoring position. We hit three for seven, did only leave five on. Um, Jose Caballero had his first uh, major league hit. It was a double, ended up scoring a run. Uh, Ty France in this game was uh, the game that he tied the major league lead with nine doubles. Uh, J-Rod had his fourth home run, had two RBIs. He's, you know, at 12 RBIs. Kelnick had an RBI, um, you know, and I feel like this game was a little bit more balanced. Um, The bottom of the lineup did produce a little bit. Kelnick went one for four. Murphy went one for three. Caballero went one for four. Um, You know, JP, unfortunately, didn't have any walks. He didn't have any hits, but, um, you know, usually when he's going over, um, he's, he's got a walk or two in there. He just didn't miss this game. Um, the only other question I have from this game, Bo, uh, do you think it's time to take Gino out of the three hole? Are we still, we still riding him in the three or do you think we should put someone like, uh, you know, I, we could just say, it. do we put Kelnick up there? Or is that too quick? Or do we put Teo up in three? Um, you know, cause this, uh, 
the series wasn't the best for him. He went one for four on Monday, one for four on Tuesday. I guess he had a couple hits and then went oh for two on on Wednesday. Um, <clears throat> I would say I wouldn't mind Teo hitting there a little bit. Um, I think Teo's Teo's a sleeping Teo's a sleeping giant. Like I feel like that guy, he's gonna figure it out, and he's already you know he's had some hard hit balls this season that. Like he's going to figure it out. I feel like he's a guy that could definitely fill that three spot mm-hmm. pretty well. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Kelnick's interesting. Kelnick is closing in on that. Um, I don't remember how many times he's batted out of the five hole. If he has, if he has this year, but that six holes kind of been where six hole, seven holes kind of where Scott's been keeping Jared. So it even like, even it seems like Scott's taking baby steps before he kind of, you know, um, moves him up that order a little bit. I probably tend to agree with that. Um, and then, you know, your three, four, five are a mixture of, I guess it'd be Cal, Teo, and Eugenio in some mm-hmm. capacity, right? So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, I would like to try Teo there, but um, and we can do that. I just don't know. I feel like that's the that's the order of things. It's going to be Eugenio, Cal, and Teo in some capacity, and it doesn't really matter to me which what kind of order you put them in right now. Um Cause I feel like they're all pretty capable guys. Maybe Cal, I guess Cal versus, you know, righties probably makes more sense, but um, I think I'm pretty comfortable with Eugenio being there, but if they want to try Teo there, let's see what happens. Cause I think Teo's, I think Teo's going to have a nice string, nice string of games at some point here upcoming. And um, you know, we'll have to ride that when it comes. So um, we'll see well, what happens. Let's hope it happens against the Cardinals. Cause that's who's coming to down to town. You know, we're dropping this recording it on Thursday. We're dropping it on Friday. So that's who's coming in, into town, quote unquote, today, you know, is the Cardinals three game series. And uh, uh, they haven't looked as sharp this year. You know, the Brewers were, um, you know, probably the best of the best at the NL Central so far. And um, Cardinals kind of struggling a little bit. Um, I guess if you say, let's see what their record is. You know what the record is off, off the top of your head? Uh, I believe the Cardinals are eight and eleven. So, so yeah, Lakers. struggling a little bit. Um, but uh, hopefully that means we've got a winnable a winnable series on our hand. On our hands, jeez. <laughs> uh, Friday's game uh, probables: Stephen Motts versus George Kirby. Saturday's Miles Mikolas versus Luis Castillo, aka La Pedra. And. Uh, Sunday's game, the the um, game three, Jack Flaherty versus Chris Flexen. Um, what game are you excited about here? What pitching matchup are you looking at? Going, all right, let's uh, let's have some fun here. Um, probably. Uh, I mean, Miles Mikolas has not looked super great to start the season. Um, it's. I guess it's probably Steven Matz versus, I mean, I, I mean, it's, I, I mean, I love to watch Luis Castillo pitch. So, I mean, of all of these, right. That's the guy that I want to tune in to watch mm-hmm. the most. Right. But um, I think Matz versus Kirby will probably be a pretty good one. Um, I'm looking for Kirby to kind of, you know, take another step with some of that command that we saw in the last start and, um, you know, hope to hope to continue that. I think um, <clears throat> the Cardinals are a pretty good offensive team. 
right? That's, I feel like the, the, I don't know if we've seen an offensive team quite as good as the Cardinals thus far, if I'm thinking back. Um, uh, but you kind of run down the order, right? And it's uh, Lars Newbar, Paul Goldschmidt, um, Wilson Contreras, uh, Tyler O'Neill, Alec Burleson. There's a lot of good hitters on this team. So um, <clears throat> it'll be kind of on the, on the pitching side, I think, more this weekend to kind of help us keep those guys at bay because um, I think Mikolos and Flaherty's look a little shaky um, and has mats in some ways. So I think we're, I think we're gonna have good opportunities to score a lot of runs, um, but it'll be definitely on the starters and the bullpen to kind of make sure that they kind of keep the Cardinals offense at bay. So it's kind of what I'm kind of what I'm envisioning for the weekend. But uh, what about you? Any, any, any of these starting, any of these matchups look stick out to you? Kind of what are you looking forward to in the Cardinals? I will series? always say Kirby. You know, when it comes to him being one of the probables, um, I just can't wait for him to to turn it around a little bit. He hasn't had the greatest start to his season, but he's going to turn it around at some point, and and he's definitely going to go on a string of quality starts. I think, um, you know, I think I think he certainly could also battle at one point um, for the record, which is actually held by I think Corbin Burns of uh, most consecutive batters without a walk. I think that's something that's in the realm for him. Maybe not this season, but mm-hmm. you know, certainly in his career he could. Um, you're right. I, you know, for how much they're struggling, it certainly isn't on the off- offensive side. Um, I think this is going to be the the team that one through nine is going to have probably the best team. Um, you know, you got you got MVP for the NL last season, Goldschmidt, Arenado. Um, you know, a wizard with the glove, but also very, very consistent at the plate. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, Wilson Contreras, Tommy Edmond, Brendan Donovan, um, Jordan Walker. I mean, all those guys were can hit or were top prospects. I mean, they're a very, very good team. So, you know, the key here is probably going to be, you know, you need to chase the starter and get some runs on the board and don't let the Cardinals hang around and just, you know, put the gas down and, and just pedal down and, and really take off. Because I feel like if you get a good offensive start against Nats and Nicholas, you know, it's going to be hard for the Cardinals to come back. Uh, unfortunately, we've seen it a couple times already where teams have come back, you know, i.e. the car or the Cubs, but um, you know, they need to get off to a big offensive start, at least the first two games. Um, you know, Chris Flexen, uh, I think this is, I don't want to say it. I, I probably think it's his last chance at the starting rotation before we choose to go elsewhere. You know, um, you know, he's already 0 for 3, could go 0 for 4. Who knows what happens if he goes 0 for 4. You know, I'm not saying we're going to bring in what? A, a pitcher from AA or AAA, but, you know. I guess that's my question is where is, where is elsewhere right now? Cause like I was, I'm wondering about this too, about our DH situation too, right? Yeah. Like where is elsewhere? Cause like I'm, I'm worried about our depth. I guess that's what I'm trying to say right now. Right. Like, we, you know what, in terms of a DH, I have some more theories and I kind of discussed them with you uh, before we hopped on and started recording. So I'm going to leave those at bay. I kind of want to see this series play out before I go, you know, maybe we should be targeting a certain player or two. 
Um, you know, of course, we're going to have Dylan Moore back soon. We keep saying it, but it's going to be soon. Um, you know, so maybe he can provide a little bit of a spark. Um, pitching wise, I, I don't know. Have you been watching a lot of Arkansas Travelers games? You know, are are guys like Hancock and, um, you know, the crew down there, any of them looking like they're kind of ready, MLB ready? Well, um, the guy that uh, I think Jerry pinpointed to um, was kind of his guy that maybe hasn't been talked about a whole lot, um, but has been looking really good is uh, Brian Wu. Brian Wu looks um, Brian Wu looks really good. Brian Wu looks really good so far. Been off to a really good start. So as Emerson Hancock, Emerson Hancock's been at uh, yeah his K rate's about. 13 per nine innings wow. right now uh, walking about three per nine innings. So I think there's a, there, I think there could be a case to be made that maybe Emerson Hancock is uh, getting close there. Mm-hmm. Um, Bryce Miller, Bryce Miller looks like he's been leaving a couple of balls over the plate. Um, he's his home run per nine right now is not uh, eye popping by, I mean, it's eye popping in a bad way. Um, he's, hit, he's getting up about two and a half home runs per nine innings right now. So a little bit of work to do on his end, but um, Emerson Hancock does look close. I think he needs a couple more starts before the Mariners are probably going to turn him loose or if they want to try to give him a shot. But, um, I think Emerson Hancock might be the first call up. I think that's, that's kind of the way it looks thus far based upon only nine innings and anything can change over another couple, another couple starts. But, um, that'd be the guy I keep my eye on the most right now. And again, Brian Wu does look very good right now. I don't think the Mariners are going to push him, but, uh, Emerson Hancock and probably Bryce Miller after that, I think would probably be the order of things if we get to that far. Um, so we'll see. You know, we're in this situation because Robbie Ray got hurt. Um, I think I heard, is he out till at least mid-May? Is that we're expecting mid-May is when he's coming back? <clears throat> I think that's the latest update yeah. that we had. Yes, it looked like mid-May. I mean, I yep. just, I don't think, I, I just don't know if, they would stick with Flexen until Robbie Ray comes comes back if he keeps losing these ball games and giving up runs, um, you know. But again, mid May that's our panic button most likely. So it it could be right yeah. it out until you know see if he can turn it around until Robbie Ray comes back until Dylan Moore comes back. I don't know, but like I said, I have a couple couple theories. Obviously, just ones that I've heard through the grapevine via different. Uh, rumors and such that kind of makes sense, but uh, I'll keep those at bay until we, uh, you know, get through at least this series. You know, maybe we're a couple podcasts off yeah. before we talk about it. I guess I also feel like if Marco continues to pitch the way that he has, then it kind of seems like maybe Marco and Flexen have kind of flipped mm-hmm. in some way, and you know, Marco's maybe the four, and maybe Chris Flexen is just the five starter, mm-hmm. right? And, um, Maybe sometimes he gives you a chance to win ball games, and sometimes he doesn't. Right? Sometimes it's you get out of the fifth starter. So that might be where we're just kind of at, where we're for the next couple of weeks until, yeah, we get a couple more innings pitch from Emerson Hancock, see how he looks. We get a couple more reports on Robbie Ray, see how he looks, and you know, I would, I would definitely think probably for the next couple of weeks, it's probably going to be what it is at least until mm-hmm. May. So, um. Yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful that I'm hopeful that the Mariners will score enough runs on. I think it's a Sunday start for Flexen that you know we're able to hold it down and he gets to the bullpen and you know the bullpen can kind of help uh, move us along there. That's kind of what I'm what I'm hoping for this weekend. Yep. 
Well, with that being said, um, we're going to give you one update before we get out of here. We are shooting on a Thursday. The Kraken at this point, Seattle Kraken hockey team, Ooh. winning 2 nothing against Colorado. Almost the end wow. of the first, about 41 seconds left as I tell you this. But 2 nothing right now, and um, they won game one in Colorado. So they take game two. They're coming back to Climate Pledge uh, with a 2-0 lead, which will be – it'll be fun to watch. You know, if you're a hockey fan, go and, Excellent. Go and support the Kraken because they're really fun to watch. So, I like it. I like it. Oh, sorry, I, it's been driving me crazy the whole entire podcast. It is I-5, not the 405. I think I, I, think I said it was the 405, but it is Wait, actually so I-5. From to come so from Tacoma, Seattle. You're so telling I'm sorry me I'm right? That. Oh boy. Oh. You're right. Yes. Oh. I, I don't know. I was I I think I I think I read something about the 405 in California, and that was my mind. So I'm sorry. You were correct. I was I miss I was misstated. So yes. well done, Richard. Yes, well done. I don't even there live go. there and I knew it. What up? <laughs> there you go. There you go. So anyways, go, go cracking. Yes, I, I agree with that. That's all the that's all I got. But yes, go cracking. It nope. looks uh, looks so no other pearls of yep. wisdom for us before we uh, bounce out of here. Um no, I you know what? Go Mariners. I'm hopeful that we turn it around and the next time I'll be in a be in a better mood with some wins under my belt. How's that's, that sound? That's good. That's good. If we could take two or three, I think I know your new your next intro, so um we will uh <laughs> <laughs> we will table that discussion for another day. But for all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you again for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Bochism, I'm Rick Hart, and we'll see you guys next Tuesday.